Hi, this is Steve with Thresher Media Group. Welcome to When You're Ready to Listen. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the truth about God, things you may not have understood, may not have been taught, or quite frankly, had a very hard time believing. And since our entire relationship with God rests on believing, it is important we learn how to separate the truth from the many lies and fictions that abound within the religion of Christianity. So when you're ready to listen, tune in and discover a pathway to freedom, encouragement, life, and hope. We are starting our fourth series with an entirely new topic. I would like to talk about the name of Jesus and what we think about when we consider, and more importantly, use his name. After all, the phrase, in the name of Jesus, is used quite liberally in Christian circles. Biblically, that phrase is used most often in the book of Acts, as well as the infamous passage which proclaims that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And with that phrase, we close our prayers, cast out demons, baptize, heal, exercise the power to speak and operate in various spiritual giftings. And we even sing, there is power in the name of Jesus. But have you ever thought through what that phrase means? Like pretty much everyone else, I always read and spoke the phrase without giving much thought, assuming the emphasis was on the word Jesus. I never thought that the emphasis might be on the name, which would imply that Jesus has a primary name, and it is not Jesus. And if he has a primary name, there's a good chance he wants to be known by that name. I always assumed the name was referring to Jesus. After all, throughout the New Testament, he was called Jesus. That was his name. Well, I guess he was also called the Christ, which many assume was his last name, but it is not. Christ is a title or a role, and it's not a name. It's actually a Greek transliteration for the Hebrew word Messiah or deliverer. And he was also called master or teacher. But again, those were common designations for rabbis of the day and not names. As I said, I never gave much thought to this phrase, the name of Jesus, until the Holy Spirit caused me to be obsessed with figuring out what that phrase means. He would not let me get it out of my thoughts or my dreams. So I had to study and let him teach me what he wanted me to know about the name. This very issue was actually addressed by the writer of the Proverbs. He said, Who has ascended into heaven and descended? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped the waters in his garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name or his son's name? Surely you know. The writer is almost incredulous in his questioning, as if he cannot believe that the son's name is not known. Come on, surely you know, right? Do you think he could possibly have been referring to the name Jesus? Clearly, those who lived prior to the time the angel visited Joseph and Mary and revealed to them what they should call their son, they would have made no connection between the son's name mentioned in Proverbs and the name Jesus. So why the question? What is his name or his son's name? Surely you know. Here's the spoiler. Jesus has another name a name we desperately need to know and understand, since it is by the name that we are to have faith in God and experience his life, power, and salvation. 
For by his name, we receive the forgiveness of sins, physical healing, release from the demonic, have our hope, experience signs and wonders, and are sanctified and justified. We are even told that it is the good name by which we have been called. And if Jesus has revealed his name, don't you think he'd want to be called by his name? After all, he inherited a name which is more excellent than the names of any of the angels. Hence, we are commanded by God to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Names, they're very personal. Thus, it's quite odd and tragic that we do not speak about or use his given name. You might be thinking, I know it, I know it. It's Emmanuel, God with us. The prophet Isaiah states that the virgin, which we know as Mary, will call his name Emmanuel. Well, perhaps you're also reminded of the prophet Jeremiah, which states, and this is his name by which he'll be called, the Lord our righteousness. All I can say is you're getting very warm. The key to our search for his name is found in the Gospel of John, in Jesus' amazing prayer to his Father. Some people tend to call this the high priestly prayer. But I have read over this prayer so many times. And although this issue of the name was there right in front of me the entire time, I was never able to see it. It seems to be one of God's little secrets that he chooses to share with his friends, with those who fear him. However, once my eyes were unveiled, I could see his name all over the place. It was beautiful, overwhelming, and beyond cool. I love his name. Let us turn to this fabulous passage in John 17, where we will begin to discover the secret about his name. I'm not going to cover the whole prayer, but mostly the salient parts. John 17. Jesus spoke these things, and lifting up his eyes to heaven, he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you, even as you have given him authority over all flesh, that to all whom you have given him, he may give eternal life. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work which you have given me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory which I had with you before the world was. I have manifested your name to the men whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words you gave me, I have given to them and they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you. And they believe that you sent me. I ask on their behalf. I do not ask on the behalf of the world, but of those whom you gave me. For they are yours, and all things that are mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I've been glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are. While I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them, and not one of them perished, but the son of perdition, so that the scripture would be fulfilled. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one just as we are one. I and them, and you and me, that they may be perfected in unity, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them, even as you have loved me. Father, I desire 
that they also, whom you have given me, be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me. For you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, although the world has not known you, yet I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have made your name known to them and will make it known, so that the love with which you love me may be in them and I in them. Jesus spoke of revealing or manifesting his father's name to his followers. He said that he made and will make his father's name known to them. He also said that he was keeping them in his father's name and prayed that the father would keep them in his name, the name of the father. But then, ever so strangely, he went on to say that his father's name is the same name which the father gave to him. Do you think Jesus was talking about the human birth name he was given? Never in all of scripture do we see the father referred to as Jesus. Therefore, what name could he be talking about? What name do they share? Acts 4, 10 through 12. Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is the stone which was rejected by you, the builders, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Do you understand now why it is so critical for us to understand the name? The scriptures teach that it is at this highly exalted name, the name which the Father and the Son share, by which we must be saved. And there is salvation in no other name. It is at this name that a person is granted the power to choose to become a child of God through actively believing. It is upon this name that one must call upon in order to be saved. And it is this name we reference, whether we know it or not, when we say, in the name of Jesus. All right, already. What is the name? Keep in mind, We're talking about a name that is used uniquely of the Father, uniquely of the Son, and jointly as the Father and Son. Thus, we are not talking about a title, of which they have many, nor a role, again, of which they have many. The name, ta-da, you can hear the trumpets blast and the drums roll. It's what we have translated in our English Bibles as the Lord. Now, Before you go, geez, thinking that was a big buildup to nothing, let me explain. Translation is a total buzzkill in the unveiling of this awesome name. For the translators have, in effect, errantly rendered the name as a title and a role. In fact, the phrase, the Lord, and the name of the Lord, appears so many times throughout the scripture that it clouds and confuses our whole understanding of his name. Surprisingly, his name was known from the earliest of days. Eve referred to his name. And before the flood, men began to call upon his name or literally despise his name. So his name was known. Noah, Abram, Sarai, Isaac, and Jacob all referred to his name. Even Moses' mother, Jochebed, is formed from a contraction of that name. Thus, his primary name, which the Father gave him, had been known for some time. However, we are told that when he appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the forefathers, 
he revealed himself as God Almighty, El Shaddai. And he did not make his primary name, which is translated as Lord, known to them. However, it was not until Moses encountered God at the burning bush that he, God, formally introduced himself by name for everyone to know. Exodus three thirteen through 15. Then Moses said to God, Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What's his name? Well, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. Moses wanted to know God's name as he felt it would be important for the Israelites to know his name. First, he believed that it would help validate his appointment as their deliverer. Second, he simply could not just show up without a name. I mean, there were so many lesser gods all throughout the Egyptian pantheon, all with names. Thus, God's name needed to be known, and it needed to be above the names of those lesser gods. Therefore, in direct reply, God emphatically declares that his name is I am. Thus, you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. I am is the Hebrew word hayah, which means to exist, to become, or to come to pass. And it is always rendered in the emphatic. This speaks of who God is. Thus, hayah defines both his name and the meaning behind his name. It speaks to us of his personhood, the one who was, who is, and who is to come, the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. It communicates that all that was, all that is, and all that ever will be finds its origin and completion in him. This is the reason he is often referred to as being the head over all things, for everything derives from him. Hayah is therefore a name, an identity, and the substance of his personhood. Clearly, this name, I am, superseded all the names of the gods in the land of Egypt. With this understanding, not surprisingly, Hayah is also the power of creation. In the first chapter of Genesis, God spoke his name three times, a perfect declaration as three is the biblical number of perfection. And with the word, creation came into being. Hayah, let there be light, and there was light. Hayah, let there be, and there were the heavens. And Hayah, let there be, and there were the lights in the heavens. God was declaring his personhood revealed through his name. It's as if God was announcing, I am light, and in me there is no darkness at all. I am the expanse between the earth and the heavens, the very air you breathe, the breath which gave Adam life, and the breath of the spirit which gives my own sons and daughters their life. And I am the light of the world that separates the day from the night. What a fun little hidden treat about who our God is and the power of his name. Now, after revealing his exalted name, Hayah, God gave Moses another name to use, a name by which he would want to be remembered for all time by all generations. 
Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. The word errantly translated as the Lord is the Hebrew word YHWH. The Hebrews did not write vowels in those days, so we add them based on an understood pronunciation and call his name Yahweh. Yahweh is the name which the Father shares with the Son. Yahweh means the existing one. So it is a play on the I am, on his identity captured in Hayah. Yahweh is his name forever, his memorial name to all generations. That means even to you and me. The name of Jesus is Yahweh, and it is a beautiful name that incorporates the I am. Thus, when we pray in the name of Jesus, we were referring to the name Yahweh. Yes, at the name of Jesus, which is Yahweh, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Yahweh. I mean, how cool is that? Everyone will confess that he is the I am. Now, Jesus loves proclaiming the name and manifesting his father's name, just like he mentioned in John 17. But he did it previously. So let's return to the story of Moses. Then Moses said, I pray you show me your glory. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name Yahweh before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. Jesus gave Moses a glimpse of his goodness and allowed Moses to see the glory of it all as he passed by him. And while this was happening, he proclaimed to Moses the name Yahweh. He proclaimed his name and his father's name. It's as if he wanted Moses to never forget that it is by this memorial name, the existing one, the I am, that everything flows, even his grace and compassion. For as the I am, he is 100% sovereign over all things, all the time. I find it beautiful that Yahweh had previously said to Moses, you have found favor in my sight, and I have known you by name. Now that Moses was introduced to the name of God, the circle of relationship is completed. As God knows Moses by name, Moses now knows God by name. You see, with God, everything is personal. This sharing of names speaks of the deep intimacy and trust Yahweh desires to have with us, which is why he shared his name with us. He wants us to know him by his name. You might be thinking, okay, but how is this connected to Jesus? I get it that God is I am, and his memorial name to all generations, Yahweh, is translated throughout the Bible as a title, as a role, as the Lord. But where does Jesus come into all of this? That is a great question. We will find that Jesus appears all throughout the Old Testament, and this name, Yahweh, is ascribed to him. It's somewhat obscure, but once we uncover the imagery that is utilized, it will become very clear, abundantly clear. But we will stop here and pick up in the next episode where we will make the connection between Jesus and the name Yahweh as it is used and as he appears throughout the Old Testament. As the writer of Proverbs declared, the Son of God has a name, 
And we now know it. It is Yahweh. And it is a beautiful name, his memorial name to all generations. Let us start to get to know him by his name with all the wonderful implications that come with this knowledge and with his name. For he is our I am. To get a free download of the full written transcript with all the scripture references footnoted, please go to threshermediagroup.com. That is T-H-R-E-S-H-E-R mediagroup.com. This is Steve with Thresher Media Group. When you're ready to listen, tune in.